welcome to Unshaken, a podcast of the Women of the Word Ministry of Christ the Word Church. I'm Julie Van Warmer, your host for today's episode. I'm so glad you're joining me again for season five. I can't believe it's season five. I'm so excited. Um, we have a season full of great interviews and pre-recorded talks that are always focused for women on blessing and encouraging them and, okay, maybe challenging you a little bit. They sure challenge me. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast directory. You can even shoot me an email at unshakenpsalm622 at gmail.com anytime you want to. I would love to hear from you. You can also join our Facebook page, Unshaken Podcast, and that way you can dialogue about what you're learning on Unshaken. We do some pretty amazing gift giveaways. And then we also are going to be revving up all of our social media, so keep your eye peeled for some exciting new things coming this season. Now this season, we're going to spend the entire season, each and every episode, focusing on the topic of living in reality. You know, like where you are right now. Now, I don't know where you are in your current reality. Maybe you're a busy working woman with a job, or maybe you have a family that you're caring for. Maybe you are a mom with a lot of little kids and a lot of Legos all over the floor. Maybe you are a young woman just starting out your life and you're in the midst of college and career decisions and maybe you're even throwing a young man in the mix. Maybe you're at the stage of your life where you're not working in the world for pay anymore, but you're just as busy with volunteering, caring for grandkids, serving in your local church. Really, no matter where you are or what you're doing, we all have things to do. My really big question though is, how do we live in our current reality for God's glory? So actually this entire season, we are gonna be talking all about this. We're gonna talk about how you and I can live in our current reality, what God's word says about our current reality, and we're gonna talk about some specific situations that you might be in, or maybe some that you will be in, or maybe some that a friend is in and it will help you understand her life. I hope you'll join us for each and every episode. Now, we do have something really special to share with you today. Not only are we going to be focusing on our current reality, but we are also going to do something extra special that's really fun. I usually put together each season a bonus episode or two, and it's usually because it's something that comes up throughout that season that I think, hey, this is really pertinent. We should talk about it. But this particular season, I actually have an extra special bonus season for you. Not just one episode, but actually 12 episodes. It is a bonus season all focused from talks that were given at our women's ministry event called Mom to Mom. Mom to Mom is a ministry focused on teaching moms how to live every day to honor God with practical suggestions and biblical teaching. One component is a great talk that you're gonna get to hear each week. We have 12 of them that we've pulled from our archives and they're great, they're applicable, they're gonna be great for any mom. One other component that we actually can't use on the podcast is relationships. So, hey, maybe you want to get together with a couple of friends and listen to one of these bonus episodes and then maybe have some time to discuss it. Talk about how it is relevant to you and how you can apply what you've heard. It might be fun to do. And you know what? That's really fun to get together with friends and listen to something and then have a chance to talk about it. So maybe that'll work for you. Hey, when you're done listening, send me an email through unshakenpsalm622 at gmail.com. I would love to hear what you think of our bonus episode and of our regularly scheduled episodes. 
Now, before we jump into today's talk, I want to give you a little bit of information ahead. I wanted to stop and read 2 Corinthians 4, 1 through 6. Therefore, having this ministry by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart, but we have renounced disgraceful, underhanded ways. We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's word, but by the open statement of truth, we would commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded their minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel for the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Today, Andrea Van Engen is going to share with us how you and I can live in our current reality and how we must live in the truth and where we find that truth. This talk was recorded at the 2019 Regarding Him Women's Conference. This talk is called Truth. It's a pretty simple word for a really important and vital concept. Let's jump right in as Andrea walks us through how you and I can live in truth. There is no such thing as truth. Truth is bondage. There are as many truths as there are individuals. Believe what seems right to you. Follow your feelings. Do as you please. Do what feels comfortable. This statement was part of a 1994 magazine article. The author was also a journalist, and he was talking about what society was being taught at the time. Do these phrases sound outdated? Do as you please. Believe what you seems right. Do what feels comfortable. They very much sound like 2019 ideas, don't they? And if we're honest, don't some of these phrases sound right to our ears? We are here this morning because we want to learn more about what it means to live in reality. It starts with truth. Truth is reality. And what we hold as truth becomes our reality. So living in reality is knowing that there is absolute truth. And I'll be talking about knowing truth, living truth, and proclaiming truth. Now let me ask, how many of us here this morning need glasses or contact lenses to help us see better? Yes, lots of hands. I expected that in a group this size. Well, if you fall into this category, have you ever noticed what it says on your driver's license? There will be a restrictive code, or it will state corrective lenses right there on your license, indicating that in order to operate a vehicle, you better be wearing those corrective lenses. Well, ladies, regardless of our ability to pass a vision test, reality is we all need corrective lenses. And I want to tell you this morning that the Bible, the Word of God, is our corrective lens. It is what corrects all of the lies that are thrown at us, and it helps us see reality clearly and confidently. Knowing truth is knowing God's Word, because God's Word is truth. 
In our passage in 2 Corinthians that Abby read for us, Paul says, We have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. This is talking about those who twist the word of God to make it sound more reasonable, more in line with how we might naturally think. But believing in something that is only half-truth isn't truth at all. We see this first distortion of truth in Genesis 3. Satan, disguised as a serpent, approaches Eve with half-truths. God has allowed her and Adam to eat freely of any tree of the garden except for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Satan challenged Eve on that truth by asking, Has God said you shall not eat from any tree of the garden? She responded with truth, saying that they could eat of all but one, and said that the consequence was death. The serpent continued on. I mean, surely death was extreme, and couldn't possibly be what God meant, right? Satan said to Eve, You surely will not die, for God knows that in the day you eat from it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Well, that makes more sense, doesn't it? Eve thought so, and she believed the lie that death would not come. She believed the half-truth rather than God's word. We know this temptation, don't we? It can be easier to believe the lies that the world tells us and forget what God has really said in his word. But going back to the word is like putting on those big lenses, and it brings out the truth for us. And though many things try to deceive us, we can be sure that truth does not change because God's word does not change. Now we hear a variety of truths from all places, don't we? People will insist on their truth. But what's their source? Feelings, personal experience, scientific facts, circumstances. While each of these is a necessary part of life and can help shape our response to life, they are not the foundation for truth. Back in the fall, one morning at breakfast, my five-year-old son exclaimed, Mom, there's a hedgehog in the tree. Now, we have friends who own a, a hedgehog for a pet, so my kids know what they look like, but he clearly didn't understand that he was not seeing a hedgehog in the tree. I said, nobody, it's probably just a squirrel. Well, my three-year-old was equally excited to see the hedgehog, and my seven-year-old, a bit more realistic, agreed that it probably was just a squirrel. Back and forth we went, until I finally got up and looked out the window. Well, guess what? No, it wasn't a wild hedgehog. <laughs> but it did look more like a hedgehog than a squirrel. He was tucked up high in the tree, and his tail was up over his back, and it was all spiked out in such a way that I couldn't deny it. It really did look like a hedgehog. But reality was, it was a squirrel. My son's truth about the hedgehog was based on what he could see, his perception, his knowledge of what a hedgehog looks like. 
but he wasn't considering the reality that they wouldn't be found 50 feet up a tree in our Ohio backyard. Now, it would have been foolish of me to say to him, if you think that's a hedgehog, if you feel like that's a hedgehog, if you really want that to be a hedgehog, then it's a hedgehog. Now, this sounds ridiculous, and I'm poking fun at this, but that's exactly what happens when we distort reality, when we distort the Word of God. And don't we see this happening all over society today? No one wants to make others feel bad by saying that they're wrong. So instead of standing on truth, we say things in such a way that nothing is ever quite punctuated. There's always room for, but in this case, or, well, if you don't feel that that's right for you, or, I'm sure God would understand your circumstance this time. No, no, no. We need our corrective lens when we see or hear untruths. It's what Paul was talking about when he said to the church in Corinth, we will no longer twist God's word. Ladies, let's not use deception. Let's not distort the word of God. His word is the same today, yesterday, today, and forever. The same. We can't even wrap our minds around what it means for something to be the same forever, can we? Cultures, styles, personal tastes, relationships, these all change. But the word of our Lord endures forever. It is the only foundation that does not change. So it is where we can place our confidence because God's word is truth. And truth doesn't change. In my opening quote from the magazine article, the author stated that society is taught that truth is bondage. In direct opposition to that, Jesus said, knowing the truth will set you free. Part of understanding this is to see that God's word is living truth. And so knowing truth is life. In John 8, Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are offspring of Abraham and have never been a slave to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. But if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. It might be a strange thing to consider ourselves slaves to anything, let alone sin. I'm not a slave, we tell ourselves. I can choose to not do such and such. I'm in control of what I do. I'm not a slave to anyone or anything. But until we have been set free by the truth of the gospel... We are indeed slaves to sin. Now the term gospel might be a foreign term to you, or it might have a certain meaning based on your background or teaching. What I'm referring to is the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of God's plan for humanity. And it's what his word is all about. You see, while we might not see ourselves as slaves, reality is 
we are all sinners who fall short of the glory of God. That's the bad news. The good news of the gospel is that because of his love for us, God sent his son to pay the penalty of death that is required for sin. Back in Genesis 3, when Satan was confusing Eve about the truth of reality, I'm sorry, the truth of death from her sin, she began to doubt God's word. Many today also deny the reality of eternal death as a result of our sin. You might have heard and might believe yourself that a loving God wouldn't punish with death. That as long as you're a good person, you deserve to go to heaven. But that's not what God's word says. God's word says that the wages of sin is death. Now what does this eternal death mean? After all, we all will experience bodily death. Jesus is clear about this in the book of Matthew. In chapter 10, he says, Do not fear those who kill the body, but are unable to kill the soul. Rather, fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Everyone who confesses me before men, I will also confess him before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will also deny him before my Father who is in heaven. Jesus is speaking of heaven and hell, the places of eternal rest for souls. The word himself is telling us that to deny Jesus, to deny reality, will eternally separate us from God the Father who is in heaven. But like I said, because of God's love for us, he sent his son to pay the penalty of death. Jesus paid with his life so that we might have life with him eternally in heaven. And if you believe in your heart that God raised him, and if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. What better news could there be? And so knowing truth is not bondage, is it? No, knowing truth is life. Now Romans 6 contrasts being a slave to sin and being alive to God. Paul asks a question of the Roman people. What benefit were you then deriving from the things of which you are now ashamed? For the outcome of those things is death. When we aren't walking in the truth of God's word, our sin holds us in bondage. There is no benefit and it leads to death. But when we align our reality with the truth of God's word, our sin is revealed. We are ashamed of it. And we are set free to repent and live in peace, placing our hope in Jesus, in reality. So what benefit are you deriving from denying the truth of God's word? Where in your life do you see death as the outcome of choosing to walk in a way that is out of step with truth. Before I got glasses and eventually contacts, I walked around squinting all the time. It was obvious that I had a problem. It would be foolish, dangerous really, for me to live my life without my corrective lens. Well, God is so gracious 
that he has given us his word to show us how to live, to show us when we are squinting, stumbling out of step with truth. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit, of both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. God's word has power. It is sharp enough and powerful enough to penetrate through all the deception and all the lies and shed light on my thoughts and intentions. It's sharp enough to separate the lies from the truth. Just as our corrective lenses allow us to see clearly what's in front of us, God's word allows us to walk in truth and continues to conform our minds to truth. But we need to be active in putting on our corrective lenses. Remember? We need to be studying God's word so that we know it. Because to live in reality, we need to be proclaiming truth. And we can't proclaim it if we don't know it. Above all else, we need to proclaim truth to ourselves. Now, how do we do this? 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Do you take your thoughts captive? This isn't just referring to changing our unkind thought about someone or keeping our rude comment locked in our head instead of letting it come out of our mouth. No, it's more than that. Arguments and opinions raised against the knowledge of God. What comes to mind? Sure, there are the political groups or activist groups that do this, right? Those whose agenda is to see God's truth suppressed. But where in our own everyday lives do we need to take that captive our thoughts to obey Christ in the midst of those arguing against his very word? What about your coworker who keeps pressuring you into gossiping about others? Or your classmate who's very outspoken about her beliefs that we should have the right to choose our gender? Maybe it's your longtime friend who challenges you for returning kindness to your husband even when he has sinned against you. They have good arguments, don't they? Their opinions matter to us. But if it is raised against the knowledge of God, against reality, against the truth that doesn't change, the truth that gives us life, then take captive your thoughts that want to please them and be in good standing with them so that instead you can obey Christ. Instead, meditate on what God's word says about his desire for your life. This is proclaiming truth to ourselves. How about our own sensibilities, preferences, and comforts? Do we raise our own arguments against the knowledge of God? We need to be on guard against the lies in our own minds and hearts, too. I don't see how I can ever forgive her, so I'll just quit trying. He doesn't deserve my respect anyway. How can I be suffering so much 
God must hate me. I don't know that even God could fully forgive my past. These are lies. We need our corrective lens to help us see past ourselves. I need to daily proclaim God's word to myself in order to remain in reality and not get carried away by my own whims and deceptions. So it's important to proclaim truth to ourselves. But we also must proclaim truth to the world around us. Our passage in 2 Corinthians 4 says, For what we preach is not ourselves, but Christ Jesus as Lord, and ourselves as servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, Let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. We don't destroy arguments against truth by our own clever words. And we don't preach ourselves and bring glory to ourselves, but to Jesus. If we know Jesus as Lord and Savior, God has shown in our hearts, not only to bring us to the knowledge of his saving grace, but also for the illumination of the knowledge of the glory of God, of reality, to the world. Ladies, we have God's word. And reality is, the world needs some strong corrective lenses. What has God done in your life? How has the truth of his word corrected the lies that once held you in bondage? The world needs to hear about him and how his truth can set them free. If you've heard about God but don't understand his love, if you've claimed to know God but struggled to believe the truth, or if you've struggled to believe God's promises because of your past, look to reality, the word of God. It is absolute truth. And we can embrace the word of God as truth, knowing that the author is trustworthy and reliable. No reality was before him. So by his being and his creating, he has defined what is real. In a world bombarded with lies, we can take comfort and have security in the truth of God's word. It is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. And it will penetrate deeper than any lie or deception of sin has ever gone. And will reveal what is truly worth trusting. It will reveal how we can live in reality. Okay, so wasn't that great? I mean, really, how many times do we hear someone trying to recreate truth? How many times do we hear someone say, hey, that's my truth, or my truth is? Well, here's what I know. God's word is truth. I love Andrea's encouragement to us to put our truth lenses on every single day. God's word doesn't change and the truth of God's word doesn't change. And we have to view our world and our culture through the Bible's lens. This is really a timely talk, even though it was given a few years ago in 2019, it is actually applicable today. 
And since the Bible tells us there's nothing new under the sun, I am guessing the concept of truth and how true God's word is will be applicable in 10 years, 15 years, 30, 100 years from now. Is the Bible your source of truth? Do you know the Bible? Do you live it? Those are some pretty good questions to ponder as we walk throughout the next week before our next episode next Thursday. Hey, it's been great to be with you. Remember that when everything around you is shaken, you can stand unshaken because of our rock and our fortress because of God. Until next time.